All right, so here's the thing. See what I haven't named this podcast yet. Okay, so there's no name, so uh-huh. I can't say, yo, welcome to another edition of, so we're right. going to start talking. All right. okay. <laughs> ah, so unprofessional. But thank you all for, uh, for, uh, for tuning already? in. Yeah, we're recording oh, right okay. now. Yeah, so it's unprofessional. <laughs> I got no real intro. <laughs> but thank you all for watching. Uh, I have an Atlanta legend here, uh, somebody who really, really is not only in Atlanta, but you do business all over the world, right? Yeah, international. International, like, but his name really, really rings bells out here for what he's been able to continue to do year after year for the last 14 years with Atlantic Creek Picnic, right? Yeah. So you started it. Yes, started it. Like you started it, like you. 2004, yep, came up with the concept. So what was that like? Where were you at when you came up with that? Um, So in 2004, I just graduated college and um, um, I pledged Kappa in 2000, so I, I, I was over special events for the frat, doing all kinds of parties, homecoming, step show, community service projects. I was literally the kind of like, I started the ideas and brainchild and storm in my chapter. And um, right before we graduated, my line brother, Dave Farley, and I came up with an entertainment company in college called For Show Entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, and For Show Entertainment, literally, we ran. Um, a little city of America's Georgia, uh, down south, probably about three hours close to Albany, Fort Valley. And what college you go to? I went to Georgia Southwestern. Okay, Southwestern. Yeah, gotcha, it's gotcha, very gotcha. this small, like it's really tiny. Um, but you know, from coming from a big uh, mega city, born in England, lived in Nigeria, and then coming to Atlanta, but again, Charlotte all the way down to um, uh, America's Georgia was a great experience because that's where a lot of these great ideas and things started building. And we moved from you know, just throwing these little dorm parties to taking over and structuring deals in the club and blew it out of the water. I mean, you're talking about, you know, when you're in college, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in life. And but to me, ultimately, was about, um, you know, it's everything boils down to your income. What's your paycheck? No matter what profession you're doing, like, what are you getting paid for, your, your monthly or your weekly paycheck? And to me, I think the first party I did, and we, I made $800, I was like, Wow. Okay, this is pretty good, you know. Oh yeah, in college, eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred oh, for having you fun. Good. Three hours of work. I've been talking about partying and drinking alcohol. I had yeah. a, you know, had a blast. And and then um, when homecoming came around, he and I, we we just took it to another level. We ran. I mean, people are doing radio ads. I'm like, I don't want to do what everyone is doing. We let's let's look into something different. And then. Um, we went to On Media, which is a local TV um, network uh, that handles all digital, all TV um, sales ads. And um, we spoke to Carla Morris. I will never forget her. Went to her office and asked her, hey, how much is for a TV ad on BET? Because 106 in Park was really big at that mm-hmm. time. Everybody used to leave, run, leave the cafeteria, run back to the dorms to watch 106 in Park. And she said, oh, it's um, $3 a slot. I said, so $3 we air, so 30 seconds of commercial. Mm-hmm. So I looked at him and he was like, he was skeptical. He was skeptical. He he was like, I don't know, it might be too expensive. So he, she said three dollars. So is there a minimum? She says no. So I looked at him and said, we need to go talk to the guy. Right, right. And um, put together a budget and we spent. Um, we got a budget of six hundred dollars. So we literally flooded TV with a, a TV a, a commercial from the next party we did. We cut a commercial, put it together area on TV and in people's mind in America, Little America's Georgia, they thought the whole country oh, for was sure. watching them on 106 in Park, mm. but not realizing it was really regional, which, which was still really about half a million plus people yeah, watching you know, this. So 
the next party we did was just insane. And my time we did homecoming, we ran some ads again. And that was when we, we hit like four figures. <laughs> we, we made, I made 8,000, he made 8,000, the Ooh. club made money. I mean, we literally took an Atlanta style of partying because I used to come back home for, you know, when there's the fall break or whatever, I'll go out to the club. I used to go out to, you know, Old Buckhead, Club Cream and Essos and see them run in the door. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't just go out to party, just to party. I was watching how they were running this door system and realized that there was a big opportunity to make more money upsell. So we were out there, you know, they had a little local dope boys. We did a VIP line. They're spending $40, $60 to come into the club mm. where typically $5 is what gets you in. Uh, we were bleed taking out at least $60 from them. And, you know, we made $8,000 a piece. So mentally, I just started thinking like, wow, this is a huge opportunity because everybody loves to party. I mean, you won't get 8,000 every week because it's not homecoming. However, you can have a consistent income from hosting these nice events. And we did that. Once we graduated, I came back to Atlanta, started throwing um, events at like Chaos and Old Bucket, different parties, uh, Perfect Fridays at uh, Django, as well as um, Underground at House Nightclub. So we started just continuously doing it till the point where one summer, some friends of mine, they had, um, there was a picnic going on, or a family reunion going on at some park of Cascade. And a couple, and it was, you know, it, it was, it was cool. But a lot of my friends, AKs and some older Deltas said, T-Way, you need to come and put your mind together. I know you can do it, fix something and do something so we can have a nice summer event for Greeks to go to. And, you know, by then, you know, obviously I mentioned when I pledged Kappa, I actually wanted to, I actually went to Kapalua in Tallahassee, which was the biggest Greek event I, I know of. Mm. And I went there in 01 and 02. <coughs> Is that still going on? No, it's not. It's not happening anymore. You killed them. No, it's actually, so this, this, this is a good story from that that leads to a Greek picnic. Kapalua was doing, I mean, huge numbers. You're talking about almost 20,000 plus, mm. you know, but I mean, I, I remember seeing like Jerome Lettis <coughs> was there, all these football players, obviously Slip and Slide was big. As young Dro had just dropped his first single. He was out there. Budweiser had put up a truck for free beer. That's just how big their branding and marketing on. They had this big ranch in Tallahassee. And when I saw that, it's, you know, it's forever stuck in my mind. I took tons of pictures and videos, not realizing that it will come back four years later to be the foundation of what I need to do called the Atlantic Bee Picnic. And the Atlantic Bee Picnic, um, I, I chose Maurice Brown College um, because, I, again, when I used to come back home for like a fall break, I would hang out with the Kappas at Maurice Brown College before the school went down. Mm -hmm. So I was very aware of the campus. And, in fact, our whole initiation when I pledged Kappa was at Morris Brown, so everything was go back to Morris Brown. Right. And um, so we hosted the first Greek picnic at 2004, June, and we had probably about 300 people that showed up. So for me, that wasn't bad because, you know, doing events where you're doing a thousand plus people, 300 wasn't bad. And I just knew that to stay consistent. And then, you know, it, it, social media obviously was non existent at that right. point. It was Black Planet. Yeah, Facebook, though. In 04, not in 04. Yeah, yes, they did. Where it was, it was. Um, it was on campus. Yeah, strictly college. So people, yeah, because I just graduated, I wasn't a part of that network. So it wasn't until uh, going into 2007, 2008, when Facebook started growing to other. I remember gotcha. when they allowed other universities, you could upload and ask requests for your campus mm -hmm. to have a presence. Yep. And the same friend who told me about doing the Greek picnic, I should, I should come up with something. She gave me her Kennesaw State email address so mm -hmm. I could have an account. Right. So I used that and I created, like, you know, obviously I said I need to create a community, 
created the, uh, the Greek Picnic community on Facebook and just started building. And that's when now we just started. I just realized, especially my promotional background, is to document, collect data, email. I still have emails or phone numbers from 04 just Jeez. to build that database. And, um, you know, one thing, obviously, I learned marketing in Americas was that um, email, the email database was very important. And we used to have used, used the Yahoo groups. So you get once a week updates on what's happening. You see yourself in pictures and then you get ready for the next event. And then text messaging because text message, no matter what, you're going to read it. Mm -hmm. You're going to open it, yeah. see what it is. Even if before you delete it, the first two lines you're going to read. So our text messaging game was just insane. Like we use a great company. We've been with them for since day one for 14 years. Wow. You know, so um, we just kept building to the point where year after year, you know, Greek Picnic, 05, 06. And then by the time really for me, social media impact was big from 07, 08. Because we saw, by the time we now started having on Facebook and, you know, creating invites, we saw a jump from, you know, the first year about 300, 500, 800. Then it jumped to like almost 2,000, you know. And when so you, what, was that, what was that thing that took you from 8 to 2,000? It was, it was more... Um, also just paying it again, paying attention to trends. I, I think the biggest thing was just with, with being on social media, you just have to listen to the conversations. Who's coming in town early as, you know, again, Greek picnic was one day. This was just a Saturday event. Mm -hmm. So I just started noticing people were like, oh, I've taken off work. I'm coming in on Thursday night. I'm like, you're coming on Thursday. Like, so where are you staying? Then I just start seeing pockets of people just couple of hundreds of people here, here, and there, then I realized, oh, wow, we need to start really getting to, like, organizing this week mm -hmm. and planning things that, okay, if you're coming in town that early, let's work out a deal for hotel rooms. Let's work out, work out a deal for some car rentals. Let's work out some travel incentives for you to stay at certain places that uh, we can negotiate these rates and have even kickbacks come mm. back to us. So we were able to negotiate that and start building relationships with hotels um, around the city and for people to have that convenience of realizing that if you book through us, you could probably get your room at $79 instead right. of going direct and paying $120. And then everybody, you know, the guys want to meet the girls, the girls want to meet the guys. Right. Everybody's the same hotel. And it just started, just started growing. Then the next year, it's like, hey, official host hotel is boom, boom, boom. And then I remember, I think it was like 2012, then we had like six hotels in the city. Wow. You know, and by then we're talking about we've, done we're doing well up to 15,000 plus people are coming like all hotels in the city are selling out convention bureaus calling landing group picking car you know the the impact was there you know wow. and then we just really started paying more attention with um uh just again just just what was happening in the city and just being more organized because I'd learned why certain events like the Philly Greek back in the day didn't survive, why Freaknik didn't survive and why. why? But why? I, I thought Freaknik was like, it was more of a um, kind of like a political thing, like, yo, we don't need all that in our city. So yes and, yes and no. Freaknik could have gone on continuously, but it was never controlled, you know, when you can't control your audience or you know your audience and you have them going here and here and they're just everywhere, you know, they just cut, you know, you off at, at the source. They cut the head off and everything else and just keep chopping you all the way down. Mm. And, you know, I think with Freaknik going into, I think I, I, when I moved to the States was uh, 96. Yeah. So I caught the last, I, mean, I was so young, I caught the last end of it. And from what I saw, I just hearing the stories and even researching it. Foolishness. Yes, it was, I mean, I, <laughs> what I saw, 
at my young age, I was like, right. this is freaking Oh my god. And I was coming from England, so right. I'd never seen anything like it. It was insane. I mean, it when they say freaking, they were freaking like it, I saw everything. Right. I saw everything. <laughs> but you know, I, I again what I think the biggest piece of understanding this business is you have to learn the mistakes of other people um, before you. And from Philly Greek, again, they weren't organized. And then you start having where, because it is a college-educated market and very high-end professionals, you have that when they're coming together and you have, like, the locals in another area of town. When they mix, you know, it's, it's not saying that it's, it's bad, but you have to be able to have some kind of distinguishing factor because mm -hmm. you sometimes have gang members who are Bloods and Crips or whatnot that think Kappas and Sigmas are you know, rivals right, or, right. and they're throwing up gang signs and they don't understand it and it becomes an issue. Mm. And I think we, one of the biggest things we started off early was just really putting down a, um, a precedence where you had to show that you're a member of a fraternity sorority and there were privileges if you were into coming to the event. And, you know, it, it worked out for us and controlling it from day one, our relationship with the city and the police force and just really having a big security presence. So even until today, once you walk onto the picnic grounds, you're going to see the police. There's not going to be any foolishness. There's nobody talking about, oh, man, yeah, I got a problem. I'm going to get my gun. It's not happening. Right. You know, everybody gets patted down. You're, you're going to get searched. And, you know, thank God for us, we've not had any violence of anything extreme happen. Yeah. No shooting, not, nobody getting killed. Everybody go home, goes home back safe. So it's been a great experience just learning, you know, hands-on on how to keep building this brand and what we're going to continue to do. Um, next year's our 15th year. How are we going to continue wow. to, you know, and the great thing about it is that, you know, we, we've gone through a couple of generations, like almost two, three different generations of Greeks, mm. you know, because most people give us about a good five-year, you know, turnaround lifespan. Mm. I always say the first group would give us five years. They'll bring in a bunch of members. They'll give us another five years. Now we're going into our mm. third term. And um, so far it's been good. Like people, now it's, you know, when I talk to people who are freshly out of college, they're 23, 24 asking them questions about Greek picnic, and they said, man, like, you have to come. Like, this is, you know, yeah. like the Greek homecoming. Everybody goes to Greek picnic, and that alludes to what the, their previous profites and old, people older than them have set the tone. And then again, what you see on social media has just done wonders for us. That's crazy. So let me ask you, because it's a big production, and it's like a whole week, yeah, right? It's, it's Starting uh, when Monday to Sunday. Monday to Sunday. So yes. let me ask you, what does it cost you to put on an Atlanta Greek picnic? Because this ain't cheap, no, right? No, it's not cheap. It's, it's high end. It's, it's high. It's six figures. So it costs, like, you have to invest every year six figures yeah, into making this it's, thing run. It's, it's expensive. You know, I just, I can tell you off the top of my head, our venues alone, it's 50 grand minimum for venues. And, you know, the thing about, and, and I'm not really ashamed to disclose such numbers because, um, we like to let, you know, the thing about events, especially as a person who likes to go to nice events, is you don't want a raggedy venue. Yeah. You don't want to come from out of town and you're, they put you in a, in a hole in the wall because the promoter wants to maximize his dollar. No, like, you know, we've got a great relationship with people like Compound. You know, we've done business with Alex and um, his team for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, just because we, they have such a beautiful venue and each year when they change people come back and you have a great time you see the guys dressing up in you know suits and blazers and women in dresses because we want that atmosphere mm -hmm. we don't want you know we're not we don't want to give out a a, 
a, just a hooded out event. You know, if that's your thing, I'd, hey, that's fine. But Atlantic Repicting has a brand and image to maintain. Yeah. We are more on professional, upscale, and classy side of yeah. things. You know, that's what we want to convey. Say you, you invest, obviously, six figures now. Yes. Right? But that first one, no, you wasn't putting them in the No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was the investment back then? It, it was next to nothing outside of a website and um, just some flyers and marketing and just and, equ and sweat equity. Yeah. You know, it was it was the the investment was very very little, and then paying some staff to work the parties at the door, and then again as you know the structure was going, you have to invest into the business. Yeah. It's it's you know you get the you're going to get the return, especially when you know people are coming. You know, for instance, now I know what how much we pay for barricades and fencing just to control the crowd, yeah. because we do have a street permit to close the streets off. So if you don't have the fencing and barricades, if the uh, supervisor, the police supervisor that is driving around sees his, his mayor, guess what, he's going he's gonna to shut it down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hazard. So it's just being very thorough what you're planning and what you're doing with these kind of festivals. And I'm sure anybody can see, whether it's from Coachella to Made in America, the organization of people, the inflow and outflow of people, you've got to plan every detail from going to the restrooms, from going to see vendors, going to the stage. You want to relax and chill. You want to buy tickets. You want to use the phone. You have to think of all that. Yeah, and I, I think it's just so fly to, you know, even for the audience that's listening, to say, yo, I started out with an idea, a website, yeah. and some flyers. And I'm now people you. say, yo, you invested six figures. But, I mean, it's almost like if you invest $1,000 one year and you want to take it up a notch and invest 5000 it's yeah. not a big jump, no. right? But if you go on a 5 to 10, then 10 to 20, then right. 10, you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. that. You, you have to. I mean, it's for any business. I even I have got a lot of new businesses that I'm working on now. It's literally the same thing. I mean, we're not dropping in like, okay, here the budget is going to be $100,000. We're going to put it in. Yeah. No, you, it's, it doesn't mean it's going to jump the first year. You have to steadily grow it where you're growing the base, the market, and you have your products. And as it grows, then you know exactly where to keep injecting the funds. You know, because you're, you're seeing the return come back. You take a percentage back, you, you put it back in. You know, it's just general business. So That's, that's an amazing skill. Actually, just getting butts in seats, right? That right. is the problem with every single business. Of course. Do you feel like you have a model where you can start, you can open a restaurant, you can open a club, you can open a lounge, you can open something and drive the traffic because you have a formula? Yes. What? I mean, it's to the point of actually we've thought of our own, not necessarily like having a club, but the idea has crossed our mind. We've thought of restaurants, we've thought of products, we've done um, work with a lot of corporate, corporate um, corporations such as like State Farm, Millicores, um, <coughs> all of us, and a lot of different companies, 5-Hour Energy, because we can drive traffic. Mm -hmm. You know, we can drive sales, we can drive activations, we can drive these things. And um, that's very important. But, you know, the biggest thing I think, again, learning is really the what's what's the underlying source of this is how to control your audience how to get them to understand what you're doing how to get them to engage how to get them to to activate on anything that you're doing mm -hmm. even for us you know the Greek picnic is one of many things that we, we we're doing with them you know we want to build out more branches of our Greek picnic network we want to build out more on I'm very big on business a person but I mean you know that business a person development mm -hmm. so there's still the aspect of because the Greek picnic is one weekend out of 52 yeah. So what else are we doing throughout the year? We do some community service projects. But I want to be able to, because I know there's a lot of people who 
you know, when they, because a lot of people don't know I'm behind the Greek picnic. Mm. So I can just casually just flow through the event. Right. But when That's why I wanted to do this interview, because I'm like, and I had to stress in the beginning, yo, you started this. Yeah, like, you so know, like most people don't, don't know. Yeah, and and because and, I'm not in it for fame. I'm not in it to be like, oh, look at me. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. the one. It's, it's by chance sometimes people find out they research and they find out. And I've realized a lot of the questions they ask is they want to know more about how did I get started? How can I launch my idea? How can I do, even if it's not the same business, how can I get in a position to put something together and how do I scale it? You know, because I think the thing that catches a lot of them off guard is when they realize I never worked corporate. I've never, from college, mm. I already started in college. So even now, a lot of people in college are on, between social media. I tell them, while you're in school, yeah, you're a freshman, start now. Mm -hmm. Because this is the most, you don't have real life problems. Right. <laughs> you don't have issues or you got to pay your mortgage or your rent or Comcast and your T-Mobile bill is due. No. So it's good to find like your business partners or your ideas and you've got the comfort and then you've got the base. Your exact consumer base is in college with you. Yeah. So why not test it there? And, you know, and then there's a lot of resources to help you because by the time you graduate, become an adult, like you're facing like you don't have time to do stuff that may make money. Yeah. You have to. So now you have to make a decision between, you know, going to work or, I mean, going to work and earning money or trying to focus on something that may make money. Yeah. So the, the quicker you can start in college to find something that even if it generates $50, it's, it's a win because you can mm -hmm. scale it up to make more. Right. You can, and I think, you know, a lot of, um, contrary to what other people think, I think a lot of people these days have it easier than most of us did without the social media because now with social media you can build the following put a product put the link sell yeah. and you're good yeah but before is you i mean even i remember in the in the promoting network in atlanta they say from wednesday through if your event is on friday or saturday if you're not out tuesday through thursday you're not going to eat on yeah. friday because you got to put five in people's hands yeah. You got to, hey, come out to this on Friday. If rain or shine, you have to be out. Do you still do that? I mean, obviously not you, but or um, maybe you. I don't know. Well, it depends. We, we don't do it like that anymore because we've centralized our base to online. And we've got such, we engage them year-round, so they're mm -hmm. always actively aware. Um, but we still do print flies. We still have a situation where events we go to, we still physically touch people because I just feel like it's a stone that, we have to turn over. We just kind of assume. I never treat Greek picking like, oh, it's year number 14. Everybody's going to show up like they always. No, I treat right. it like it's number one yeah. just because I don't want a year that I'm so comfortable like, oh, everybody's going to show up again and nobody comes because that's a reality check I don't want. Yeah. So I make sure every time we're doing Greek picnic, we go, I literally, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even go through our manual. I mean, we have a handbook of what to do every day and how to plan stuff. But I literally sit back down and then we write it out so we don't forget anything. What are we missing? What are we doing? Printing this, that, videos. Who's the photographer? Who's doing this? Who's doing live stream? So it, it comes back to place together because if you get comfortable, you're yeah. going to get hit one time so hard like it shuts you down. Right, right, right. And uh, you were telling me that you're not the only Greek picnic in the country, no. right? So, and, and, and I thought it was so cool because you said you know all those guys and, you know, they hit you up and say, yo, how can I do it? And you, right. don't, you don't keep the information to yourself, no, right? No, so I, I don't. What is the relationship with those people? But obviously, I know you're, you're thinking, like, mine's is pretty much the biggest. 
why can't I take over these other ones? Or not take over, but at least partner. Yeah, um, I think with, I, I, like earlier when, before we started this um, podcast um, interview, we were talking about proclaiming yourself with an identity where like, we were having a conversation with our friend and said, I'm the number one fashion person in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And we did that early where we were like the biggest and best Greek picnic in America, period. And that's how we promote ourselves in our yeah. captions, in our emails, in our tweets. So it sets the tone. I mean, and like I said, if somebody challenges, say, who else is? Like, show us right. who's bigger than <laughs> right, us. Right, right. There's nobody. And then what you realize is people start going out with that mentality, like, this is the biggest, this is the best. So the expectation level is yeah. set, it's high. You know, and so with the other Greek picnics, um, like I said, uh, we, we know pretty much everybody around town, around the country. We have um, some really strong relationships with a lot of them. And um, again, for us is, I just believe any information I'm sharing, I'm not sharing you like our nuclear codes. Mm. It's not anything that's gonna take us out because right. you still have to go out and activate these ideas or yeah. the, the formula. It's not that, okay, Tiwa said this, this and that, and if I do it like he said, it's exactly gonna be, it's different because right. the people you're dealing with in your town, you need to understand their, um, their, their, their ways and the way they react to you and the way they interact. And it's not the same as those who come to Atlanta because right. we're dealing with not just local Atlanta people, we're dealing with people from all over the country and from other countries. So the mindset for us is different than for them. But, you know, again, I'm not, we're not, we don't give out like our core secrets. Like, I mean, core secret is have fun. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Absolutely. It's the core, that's the, <laughs> that's the core thing, have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, don't stress over it. Whatever happens, happens. But make sure it's, it's service-based as well. Make right. sure you're, in, you know, you're having, you're introducing to people. You take care of, you know, there's, it's not perfect, but you have some issues. Handle it and be respectful. And I think everything just flows in place. But you have a secret sauce, though. A little bit. You got a little secret sauce. <laughs> you got some yum-yum right? sauce on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so with it, with it being so big, um, like, do you see, like, what is bigger? You already take over the, the whole city. You got a whole week. People are coming from all around the world. Like, how do, how do you get, what do you see bigger? Um, like, get Jay-Z to perform? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it ha that has crossed my mind. Like, <laughs> a Jay-Z, a Beyonce, and we have the population to do it, you know, and it's like Greek life intersects every part of general life. Our mayor's mm -hmm. Greek. Former mayor was Greek. Um, you know, council members and community leaders, people are in Greek organizations, so. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. 
Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So I think it just continues to resonate because Greek life has been around for 100 plus years. Mm -hmm. And this is a big event because it brings all divine nine Greeks together to one place at one time. And then we start trying to make sure we are fulfilling outside of having a good time. You, you, you get here to be part of our networking events, our community service projects, and also, you know, the donations that we make. So the impact is there. And I, you know, I look at like a Steve Harvey who's been in the business for a very long time. Like people don't realize Steve Harvey is also like an event planner. Mm. He has his own neighborhood awards. He has, yeah. which brings, 
hundreds of thousands of people and his impact is huge. He's selling out hotels across the entire city. So if I'm seeing that, I'm like, we can get to that kind of level. We can get to 100,000 plus. We can get to such big numbers that we're doing and we can invite anybody to be, a, we can invite President Obama to be a keynote speaker. You know, mm -hmm. we can do a concert at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium with Beyonce or Jay-Z or whoever we want to, yeah. you know, because it really, it boils down to continue to activate in your crowd the money you're making and reinvesting and what your community impact is. So we're still, you know, regardless of, like, even like Sweet Auburn Festival has been around for almost 30 years. And they're huge. And they're just uh, two days. I think they do two weekends in a year, but they're huge. Mm -hmm. So I never feel, that's why I keep telling myself that, even though we're going to year number 15, we're not, like, this is not the end of it. Like, yeah. it's still, it's just the beginning. I, so my mind, really, we're year number four. Yeah. Because the first 10 years was really to just, we're here and we have shown longevity, like we're not going anywhere. So our next thing is how can we do more outside of like the coming down here having parties. So like what's happening, like I said, the other 51 weeks out of the year, we need to do more of our community uh, um, um, business and personal development. You know, I want to do more of our speaking series on educating our, our people and our audience about how to either from raising money, how you brand, how do you build your, your impact, how do you build your products, how do you become self-sustainable? Because a lot of people don't want to work corporate. Right. You know, they want to leave corporate. So and a lot of them either don't have the money to pay fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred dollars to the bigger guys who do those things to give you the tools. Right. We can do that to you for a fraction and really give you up to date like, and, and then it's relatable because you know us, yeah. you've seen us, and we're not somebody who's 60, 70 years old, I've done this for 40 years. No, like, you see us like, you know, mates or whatnot, so. Yeah. Um, so we, you're gonna get into the teaching aspect of like yes. teaching people how to do this? Yes, we're, well, just for business, so it's just the general foundation of yourself as a brand and as a business. Yeah. Then from there you can, because a lot of people have ideas where, or oh, I wanna start fashion, or I have, and fashion is always big, because people, I no longer go into the malls and buying the yeah. polos and Tommy Hilfiger's. Right. They're, they're making themselves their own fashion brand. So just a lot of those kind of ideas and things to just keep building people out. I know we get approached by tons of people who do apps. Mm -hmm. So to me, that lets me know that like, people are actively looking to market such products into our, our, our audience. Gotcha, you know, gotcha. So we've had, we had a Yik Yak one year come and sponsor. We've had Brainstorm this year. We've had Five Hour Energy. We've had City Gear. We've had all these big companies wow. that are coming forward that want to touch this audience, and they're coming in with budgets. Mm. So it's also how do you get your small companies that can now interact, and they have to understand the psychological aspect of how do you draw these companies to write you a check? Right. How do you become not just a business, but also a marketing tool to help them fill out their objective? Mm. And you understand this. So, yes. so for a small company that's saying, yo, um, I need sponsorship for you know a really good idea. I got a movement. I'm putting the groundwork. Right. You're saying, I can show you how to get corporate sponsorship. I can show you how to build I, these I relationships. Can, I can, we can show you how to get to the level where you're talking to, and then you can walk in and close the deal yourself. Nice. Yeah, because mm. we've you know we only just started really truly getting sponsorship the last three years, you know, and from talking, I mean, we've had conversations with marketing managers to directors of sponsor and the person, the head market, the, the uh, marketing director of the company, understanding why sometimes like in the, in the 
early 2000s, people were cutting $50,000 checks like it was nothing, you know. Mm. Companies like Kovasi, Hennessy were writing checks and doing sponsoring an entire open bar. But now it's, they want to see an ROI on their investment. They want to yeah. see you're spending, if I'm spending 25000 I need to be able to maintain a database of people that will continuously buy my product. That's pretty much what they want from you is they want a piece of your market they can take in and continue to sell in so they get 10x what they invest in you. Gotcha. You gotcha, know, so once gotcha. you start understanding these things, you're able to approach them differently and give realistic numbers. Because if you're telling a company you're worth a $25,000 sponsorship, in their mind, they're like, I need to get enough customers that will give me sales of 250K. Gotcha. Or so even, it's not about a good idea. No, they need to not, see the numbers. They don't even care. Like, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. And we can put, they don't even want their logos and stuff. It, logos right. are cool, but they want to see the ROI. Every company wants to know that I can touch your audience who's going to come back to my online store or physically come in and buy a product from me yeah. and order consistently. Right. Then it makes sense. You know, even like a Coke in them, sometimes they're doing it because they want to, to stay ahead of their competitors right you know so sometimes for them it's not it's not it's not it's not it's no longer about just putting their logo and sprite sponsor they want to be able to that they touched how many people like sprite is really gearing towards an african-american demographic mm -hmm. so if you say you know five thousand people drank sprite at least two bottles ten thousand bottles okay that's in their mind they've given out a thousand dollars they can give you a five thousand dollar sponsorship so it was 50 cents per drink to make sure everybody had and then social media imprint. All right. So these are things we've learned over the years on just how to kind of hone down on value to give to clients, um, you know, when you're working in these kind of events. Because outside of that, the days of, yeah, my homeboy works for Hennessy and he can cut. He's got to report to somebody and right. show the numbers. Right, right. Otherwise, you're not getting these. You're not getting those checks. Right. So, so social media impressions, likes, shares, Everything all that stuff matters. Makes a. I mean, I remember a time when we got the State Farm sponsorship, and you know, I literally had to sit down there. I was walked in. So here you go. Here's the media you want. And sat there and spoke to him, and um, he was in. He was way up north. They for red. We sat down. We talked. And he literally had no clue about what the Greek picnic or the Greek market is. So I had mm -hmm. to break it down from day one to that year and explain to him why, you know, we are a value added to the company. Mm -hmm. And especially the aspect I know, I already knew because I did my research, State Farm just doesn't only want to just, they love selling their insurance and their products and all mm -hmm. these things, but they also want to recruit people as agents so they can have their stores all mm. over the country and it's, if you notice there's two big state farm offices right here on 285 yeah. in Dunwoody two huge buildings so they need to continue to hire agents that become uh, in the community that's selling all their services and life insurance and insurance and whatnot so when I knew that I already knew that our audience are very intelligent a lot of them are looking for opportunities and state farm was willing to invest money behind the educated people which I knew I had so they cut a check. Wow. You know, and wow. then when I kind of had a conversation post event explaining to them, um, finding out how it did for them, and they, you know, I saw what the agents were doing. And again, they're corporate, so they do the, the textbook approach. And I saw that they were walking on iPads. I'm like, yo, I'll be honest, you're not going to get my people like that. Yeah. Nobody wants to stop because we've already gone through a security check. They're having fun. Nobody wants to go there and start typing in their email address right. and numbers at 3 o'clock in the afternoon at the picnic. 
So when they told me they were getting about 250 signups, I'm like in six hours. Wow. I said, that's, that's nothing. So I devised a plan for them the next year and said, look, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z were going on tour. If you really want to capture my audience, let's capture them prior to my event. Let's package um, a promotional event sponsored by us and you guys. And we did almost 1,800 signups. Wow. You know, and I was able to help target exactly the zip codes that they wanted. So it's not just anybody and anybody just signing up. Oh, they want Jersey. You want Philly? You want Chicago? You want Atlanta? You want New York? Sure. Each person that went, I can get them that they live in those markets. And they were so impressed. Wow. You know, so again, it's That's just, huge. That's it's just, huge. it's just learning these things. And, and really the best thing I think that for us we've learned is just, you know, paying attention because it's there. You watch, you listen, ask questions and just observe. Like I go to other events and I'm just watching the different things people are doing and the activations. And somehow I'll ask them just questions. So, oh, how are you guys doing this? And I take that information and run with it. So mm. it's, it's done well. That's crazy. So, uh, you know, we're, we're like just so, so much value here, man. Like you really got me thinking. You athlete turn his cameras off. We got to have a conversation. <laughs> but uh, so you're behind. Obviously, Atlanta Greek Picnic is a week um, out of the year. Like there's 51 more, right? Right. So you're behind some other projects too, right? Yes. Coming throughout the year. So we're working on, um, we want to expand and out of that expansion, it's to do into other markets, other cities for Greek picnics to help build it up and develop it. Um, because I've, again, I, I think the biggest thing I keep saying is watching the trends. On, you know, you have to stay ahead of the curve, otherwise you fall behind. And I've just noticed that like, now we're having events like trap karaoke that's touring the country. I've mm. seen, you know, trap karaoke. Trap karaoke. I heard of that. Yes. That's your company? No, it's not. Oh, I was about to say. No, no, no. It's bad man. <laughs> no, I, no, no. they're doing it. So they, they're doing very well. And they took a very simple concept and they're taking it around the country and people are just loving it. Again, the, everything that I've said, they're implementing the same thing and what they're doing. And then you have events like that was Henny Palooza that was that's big up north and they were touring and they did not have a partnership. Hennessy was actually trying to sue them for helping them sell their product, oh, wow. which was insane. That's crazy. And then um, I believe Jay-Z heard about Henny Palooza and what Hennessy was doing, and guess what they did? Do you say, say Palooza. Palooza. <laughs> you know, they, they, just, they just, just, just took it. And you know, Cam, in fact, Cam and, um, and Chris, uh, my frat brothers, they've been to AGP many times. And mm. you know, and whenever time I see them, I'm just like, man, I love what y'all are doing. And you know, so, we just realized that, you know, we're very big, in a very strong position with the Greek picnic market and we want to kind of op jump into more markets and, mm. and build it out. So again, we can have our, throughout the summer, these are our tour dates. This is where we're going, this is what yeah. we're doing. So we're working on that for 2019. Um, we own two markets, we haven't officially released them yet, but we own two markets right now that we're working mm. on. So we're working on that. And then outside of that, um, I, I think a lot of, some people know, but we need to work more on branding and pushing it, but we're very big into real estate. Um, we have a company called Buy ATR Real Estate. Um, just because over the years, and this is another thing I think people should realize is because you're doing one thing, don't ignore a potential another stream of income. Yeah. You know, and what happened, and this came about because when I was throwing my parties at House Nightclub, um, uh, it was very upscale, so you're having all these 
I remember Terrence J has been there, Idris Elba, mm -hmm. um, Anthony David, big boy from Outcast, even dude from um, Belly, um, Ox. Mm -hmm. He was there. Yeah. He's, you know, Jagged Edge Twins, Brandon. So we've got a lot of, like, our events and parties where me and myself and Sean Black, um, we were throwing, like, the best upscale parties. Because Atlanta was going through a period where it's come as you are, big white tees and mm -hmm. sneakers oh, yeah. and gold grills, <laughs> which is, you know, I, I love those parties too, but I'm still, like, on the professional end. So we were just upscale. Even Hank, who, you know, Mr. Hanky B, who's uh, yeah. produced um, Lil Duval's. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, my, that's, I mean, that's when I met him. Same thing. So he, he, people were coming out and then... What started happening is I started meeting people and I introduced myself to people and say, hey, one person asked me, hey, look, I love ATL. I'm thinking about buying a house and moving here. Oh, call my man. He's a realtor. Call him up. Here's his number. Right. The next week, yo, I'm thinking about moving here. T, what, do you know anybody? Yeah, call my man. Then I was like, <laughs> hold on. Hold on a second. So I started doing the math. Right. How much money I just gave away. Right. And then I went ahead and got uh, licensed. Mm. So we have a real estate license and we've been selling to... Luckily for us, we have some very big high, high inclined to not that we don't do, you know, the great nice incomes mm. as well, but we have some people that come in and then buying properties cash, half a million dollars, mm. 700,000 million dollars buying cash. Wow. So it's, it's been a blessing because I just felt I was, I left myself always open to doing more than just one. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm doing these big parties. No, like I need to like Diddy and them have all these 10, 11 streams of income. Yeah. Cause if this one's bringing a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand you get your cool million and then you continue investing yourself. So uh, real estate is really big for us and we're actually focusing more on developing mm -hmm. and really continue just kind of, you know, we like my, my, my um, I call him, he's like my mentor, he's my friend of mine, I went to school with him and he introduced me to the company that we, we both joined as um, Obi and he always says that, it's not like, oh, I love real estate. It's not like I love, oh, measuring the square footage of the house. Mm -hmm. It's like he just loves helping people get their home and he, yeah. he enjoys the strategy of finding it and bidding and, and, pay, and getting paid for. And it's kind of the same thing with me. It's just now really enjoying because nobody's, <laughs> we're not building more planet Earth. Yeah, right. So it's get a piece of real estate. And to, to me, real estate is the best way to really build net worth, you know, build gotcha. your wealth. And, you know, by the time you do get an opportunity to buy a home, it's great because you start to know that your money is going into equity rather than your pain of life, which is also yeah, great. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. If you, are, uh, you own homes and you're renting mm -hmm. to other people, that's passive income coming in. Yeah. So it works both ways, either ways, but our real estate company, buy ATL Real Estate, uh, we're definitely pushing out really out. And then my next thing is also, again, like I said, the personal business development. I just feel it's one of my uh, duties in life as... I, 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 I want to say that I was pretty much blessed and lucky that the light bulb went out for me early because mm -hmm. I was slowly on the path, even though coming from a Nigerian background, but I'd been you know, in boarding school in England for a while, then moved to America and I was in college. And in college, they, dr they drum in your ear, get ready to work for somebody, go and get a job. Yeah. And what's your career path? And I remember every time going to the career center, and I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't want to work with somebody else. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do, but I know I, what I don't want to do. I'm, exactly. Right. I know what I don't want to do. And that was just the defining moments that the opportunity to host events and plan them. And you can actually make, like, it got to the point where I started making so much cash that, you know, again, the stigma is don't deposit all that money in the bank. The, the government's going to wonder where you got it from. Mm. But when my banker, Maurice Sims, said to me, he said, but you're legit, so why are you worried? 
<laughs> right. You know, so it's that men that mentality, and that was a bad stigma for people to like. People were reinforcing that that because you drop five thousand dollars, and then they look. I mean, my banker told me he said, "Man, that's no money." Like some people come here and drop two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. Then mm. the, the you know, if you don't have a paper trail, then you know the bank starts to go off. So mm. I got comfortable like knowing that okay, if we're making this amount ten twenty thousand or cash that you have on hand put into your account mm. because what it starts to do your bank is seeing that you're having your cash flow is coming in like okay you're consistent guess what it started to do so come on here let's talk to you about this line of credit you know because you've got some good money which shows you have the ability to repay is good mm. oh what what needs do you have do you need an equipment loan we got great low percentage oh your credit is great have you thought about buying a house yeah. everything starts to work in your favor and that's what happened you know again part of that the whole like i guess that personal business development is going these experiences to teach other people because it's not being taught. Right. Nobody's teaching us this in school. Nobody's, like even sometimes these business seminars that people go, they don't tell you this. Mm. Because this is, it's not about just, okay, you have a product, it's great, but how do you get your line of credit? Yeah. How do you get it, how do you secure, and what do you know, what's, if you didn't get it, how do you build yourself to get your, your business line of credit? Or how do you get your credit fixed by yourself where you're not paying somebody to have all your personal information and, and, you know, right. you kind of leave yourself exposed. Not to say that they're not some legit ones, but it's risky. Right, right. You know, right. so these things are just, you know, part of what I feel that I have to give back to, you know, the world for just being blessed to be able to be in this position and working for self and continuing to build and having the free time to do a lot more other things. But, you know, to me, I still feel, regardless, 14 years in this business, anything, I'm still very young and I still feel like I'm just getting started. I haven't done, I haven't scratched the surface here, even though despite the features like Ed Black Enterprise and um, rolling out on Forbes Africa, with I keep, I always reiterate, like we haven't started yet. We're just yeah. getting started. So it's, you know, and, and now the great thing about, I'm sure you two know this is, as we're building these businesses, you're, you, you stop thinking of one week, two weeks, you're not thinking, okay, your, your one year, your six months, one year, five year, 10 year, 20 year plan. And what can you do while you're still making money to reinvest? And especially as entrepreneurs is to build the next generation. Mm -hmm. Because we all, because we know what it is like now, you know, you're here in, in your building and you achieve this, but it'll be amazing if you can help another 100 plus people like you to get this and they're not running competition because guess what? There's, a, there's 7, 10 million people here. You can't take everybody. Yeah. They can't take everybody. So it's, it now brings a bigger network. It's like Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines doesn't own all those planes, right. but they have networks yeah. and they share revenue. So Delta is always happy when you take a flight from, from here to Nigeria and from Nigeria to South Africa and they, they partner with that ride, they get a piece of that money and there's 50 planes going back and forth. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of... Um, the whole purpose of this thing is to really to help change the mentality and the stigma of, you know, our people and others and just understanding and also to go global. Like, yo, in this day and age in, 20, in the 21st century, don't be a local zip code hero. Right, right. And like, I, th I think some people are like so comfortable in that. It's crazy. It is, it is insane to me, you know, and they, you know, I just see some people like they're just so comfortable just being just that local dude in ATL and your, and I'm like, Bro, if you cannot go to another country mm -hmm. and somebody yells your name, nobody knows you. Ah. You know, you, you go to another country, you go and to nobody another country. yells your name. Nobody knows, like you I know, and 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 
not, I'm, I'm not bragging about it, but it, these things have happened to me, and it lets me know. I remember when um, Social Media Week brought me as a speaker, I think in 2014. Uh, myself, Lovey, and Sheree, uh, uh, we spoke at Social Media. We had the biggest turnouts. Over 450 people came. Mm. And even like people were just that had been following on social media for years came and said, I just had to come and hear you guys speak. Mm. You know, so it's, it's just one of these things I just feel like it's our duty as entrepreneurs and business owners and who are being blessed to have a level of success to continue to educate those behind us because nobody's teaching that. And if we don't take the responsibility to teach, yeah. and I tell people like, I always have to stress to people like, invest in these classes. If they say it's $50, $100, invest in it because it's the best investment you can give. Rather than always looking to, I want to pick your brain over lunch. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, give, pay, how much is it? Ask, because I'm telling you, the one thing you're going to gain is that you're going to get 10 times that value because one, you've respected that person's time to say, okay, how much is it for an hour? It's 200, I'll write you a check. Yeah. Because now, guess what he's going to do? He's going to give you three hours worth of time of value because you've now, you, you valued his time and paid him for it. And now, guess what? When you call next time, he's going to take your phone. Right? The next yeah. time, he's going to send you the voicemail. Yeah. You know, so that just, just a lot of things that, you know, what I've learned, I want to kind of teach others and pass on. That's dope. Well, the world needs it. Um, Tiwa, man, I appreciate you coming by. And I got to do this at the end of all my interviews, I like to make predictions. Yes. I want to know where you're going to be in five years. I want to be able to hear it. So you say it today, and then I hold this footage five years, and I say, oh, oh shoot, he did say he was going to be the mayor of Atlanta. <laughs> He's so what are, what are your Tiwa predictions for yourself? Um, five years from now is, I mean, I know definitely the Greek picnic is still going to be going strong. Uh, we're going to be pushing and doing a lot globally and i'm very big in having a, a school mm -hmm. and for i mean for some reason i just fall into politics i i, I like politics so you're gonna get into politics I, I you never know but i mean i support a lot of people i've been i just again just because when you own a platform and you influence so many people you have to be involved in politics yeah. you have to be because you know with and again the thing i think with the Greek picnic is we have people from all kinds of backgrounds religions and, and ethnicities so Politics has to play a conversation because it's part of our daily lives. Who are the people we're electing as leaders to kind of um, construct our daily lives of policies and, 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 and laws? So you have to be involved. You have to be actively talking and asking questions. Like now we have um, Democratic gov um, elect governor running for governor, Stacey Abrams. You have to ask questions. I've met, I've gone to events she's hosted. I've hosted at my event and let people be able to hear and ask questions because with the way America and the world is turning, if you take a back seat and ignore it, people are going to make decisions for you that don't benefit you mm. in any form or fashion. So, and, and the one thing I do like over time I've been seeing is a lot of people, from people I know and people I don't know, are running for office because they have the audacity to feel like they can make a change. Yeah. And they are more open-minded to, you know, they're more exposed to people that are from here people who moved here, people who are international citizens, they matter, they add to the economic um, impact of this state or country. Yeah. So how can you vote and make policies that affect them negatively? Does it make sense? This is not, you know, the, the, the racist 1920s, even yeah. though racism is still here, but we have to be more socially conscious and politically conscious. So politics is, plays a big part. I never know, I might run, but definitely we have a book 
like maybe my third or fourth book by in five years by then. I'm okay. Working on, okay. Working on one, so the book will be there. And, and obviously, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I have two boys, and in five years, they will be, geez, they will be like 15 and 11. So mm. we'll see. I'm a baseball dad, so we'll see how it goes. And um, building, you know, kid generation on business owners. So I love it. Yeah, I that's love where it. we are. Man, I appreciate you. Listen, y'all are going to see so much more of Tiwa, okay? Listen, I'm about to do my best to make sure he comes from behind the curtain okay <laughs> so but right now how can people find you how can people follow you um, and be in tune so people can find me i'm very big on social media at tiwa works t-i-w-a-w-o-r-k-s um i literally use every platform from linkedin to twitter to facebook to instagram snapchat um name is very consistent at tiwa works and then from there you can find everything else that we do if you're trying to buy a house what if i'm trying yeah to hey they, there you go at tiwa works by Atlanta, ATL Green Picnic. There's AB tour for the All Black Party in Nigeria. There's Jeez. there's cultured gear for the clothing line. There's we have the African bags and hats and culture, just everything. And so we'd I'd, be here three more hours talking about know, all his every, business. Every that's why I only wanted to touch <laughs> the stuff that's consistent. We have so much going on, but again, I just. It's it, you'll be doing yourself a disservice if you only stick to one thing. Like yeah. you have to continue to expand out and monetize everything you can get. Oh, no doubt. I appreciate you, my, my brother. And uh, hopefully in five years, of you know course. what I'm saying? Everybody's we're, we're, watching this. No, but it's funny because before we go, like we've known each other for well over five years. Yeah. From you know, I'm yeah. thinking the time I ran into you at the mall and you saw your bit, your stall, and just seeing you around town, and then now. I, we actually made an effort to say, you know what, we have to stay in touch better yeah. than we've done in the past. And we've done we've done pretty good job so far. Absolutely. Hey, watch I'm telling y'all, we y'all see you talk he talking entrepreneurship. That's my language. That's it. So listen, we, we got some stuff coming for y'all, man. So make sure y'all follow my boy and tune in next week or next time. I don't know how often this joint's gonna be. I don't got a name. I don't know what's going on. Hey, but I love it though. I'll be back though. <laughs> yes, I like sir. this. My man. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.